Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Mark chapter number five. Now I'm going to tell you for our, our home folks this morning, if you've been here, if you've been here eight years or longer, you've probably heard this. All right. Uh, I was studying yesterday, and I was studying a, a, I was trying my best to study something brand new, and uh, man, it just wasn't working. And I don't know how I stumbled across this, uh, but I did, and it, it spoke to me. So, uh, so here we are. We're going to ask the Lord to do what he does. Mark 5 and 25, the Bible says, And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Somebody say, touch his clothes. We've heard this message. If you've been exposed to church of any type for any length of time, you've heard this before. But I still hope that God ministers to you today. Would you lift your hands and ask the Lord to help us by the reading of his word. God, your word is anointed today already. God, I'm asking you now to touch our ears to hear what the Spirit would say to the church. Help me today. God, I, I need you, Lord, not only spiritually but physically. Touch my mind, O oh God, and body, Lord, and I surrender to you, to your perfect will this hour, God, and ask you to speak what you would have to be spoken to this wonderful people of God, and we'll not fail to praise you for it. And everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Verses in Mark chapter number 5 are familiar to us concerning the woman with the issue of blood. We know today, according to Scripture, that her illness has occurred over a span, the Bible tells us, of 12 years. Now, I've been sick before and uh, felt like it was 12 years. It wasn't. And I thought it was going to drive me crazy. I just can't imagine what it could have been like for her to have went this length of time without any closure to her physical calamities. And the Bible says, yet she continued to worsen in her condition. After spending much time and possibly money on one doctor right after the other, a cure had not been found. Somewhere, somehow, she heard of this man named Jesus. Whatever she had been told, whatever she had heard, must have been good. Because in just hearing about him, in just the words that had been spoken to her, we have no evidence today that she had had prior exposure to him. It was she had heard about him. And through hearing about him, she had gained an understanding that all she had to do, she didn't have to have a conversation with him. She didn't have to have him lay his hands on her. All she had to do was get close enough to touch his clothes. 
and she would be made whole. That's a pretty powerful testimony today. Mark records this story as touching his clothes. Matthew records it as his garment, just another word for clothing. Luke records it as, or excuse me, Matthew records it as the hem of his garment. Luke records it as the border of his garment. In Old Testament times, the border of the garment was called the hem. Now, how many has ever had, had a hem? No, normally, I've got one. I don't see one right now. How many has ever had a hem on your clothing? You ever, you ever pull that bad boy? I'm told that's not the right thing to do. I've tried to deny that before and pull it anyway and thinking I can get by with it, and it usually doesn't turn out so well. So we're familiar today with what an actual hymn is. There was an outer robe in ancient days that was worn that had four corners, two in the front, two in the back. The corners were decorated with tassels or fringes that hung down off of each other. Inside of these tassels were two different colors of thread. There was a white thread and a blue thread. The white thread represented purity, and the blue thread represented the commandments of the Lord. Numbers chapter 15, we don't have anyone upstairs this morning, so you'll have to follow along with me in your Bibles today. Numbers 15 and 38 says, Speak unto the children of Israel, and bid them that they make fringes in the borders of their garments throughout their generations, and that they put upon the fringe of the borders a ribbon of blue. And it shall be unto you for a fringe, that they may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord, and do them. And that ye seek not after your own heart and your own eyes, after which ye used to go a-whoring. The blue symbolized the heavenly origin of the commandments of God. There were 613 laws that God gave Moses, which are often referred to as the Mosaic Law. When the people would see the blue ribbons hanging off the border of the priestly garment, it was to be a reminder to them of God's law that he gave to Moses. In New Testament times, the Jews wore a garment similar in nature but smaller in size. We know it as the talit or the prayer shawl. The hem was the tassels or the fringes on the bottom of the talit. This hem in Hebrew is known as the tzitzit. That's not important today, but I'll just give you the name anyway. The ribbons of blue were inside this hem. There's more to this blue than meets the eye today. The blue is known as a very particular blue dye that is taken from the Murex snail. Now gather this with me this morning. The Murex snail has a gland in it that produces blue dye. To obtain the dye, they would break off the shell of the snail and extract the dye from the gland. It would take 30 snails to produce enough dye for one hymn. 
All right? Now, this, this is a lengthy process. We're, right now, we're just simply talking about the color blue. The color blue in the hymn represented God's law. And God had a very specific procedure in which he would obtain the specific color, the hue that he wanted for this blue color to represent his law. Very special process. Very special purpose today to represent God's law. God's not going to have just anything represent who he is. Amen. God, if, if, if it's going to represent him, he's going to have something very special behind it. Somebody say amen. amen. <laughs> Let's go a step deeper this morning. There is, and Bishop refers to this on occasion, there is a use in, in Hebrew of using numbers and mathematics to define biblical words. It's called gematria. And based on the numerical value of the Hebrew alphabet, Numbers are assigned to those values, and you can come up with the numerical value of a word or a phrase or a statement. The, the hymn has a numerical value of the word tzitzit in Hebrew, has a numerical value of 600. The strand has a numerical value of 8. The knots and strands inside the hymn have a numerical value of 5, giving us a total grand value numerically of the hymn on the prayer shawl of 613. Now, if I rewind back about two or three minutes ago, I told you how many laws did God give Moses? 613. So God is giving us not only his law, but through the visual representation of the color blue inside the hymn on the prayer shawl, which the priests wore, when they would see the blue, the Bible says that the blue was to remind them of God's law. Now we find that the numerical value of that strand has the same number representation of it as the number of laws that God designed to give Moses. So it is a very specific, very intimate nature in which God is processing something that represents him. And in this story in scripture today, we are talking about the him. There were 613 laws given by God, 613 numerical values. Somebody shout, that's powerful. A study was conducted by a couple of Belgian scientists on the blue dye taken from the Murex snail. The premise of the study was on how our eyes perceive the color of the techelet, that's the blue dye. Very specific blue dye that's taken from the snail. We know that light is made up of many colors we call the spectrum. The measurement of light in the spectrum is measured in nanometers. Ultimately, the color we see is entirely determined by how light is absorbed and how light is reflected off of the color. For example, when we see all of the colors of the spectrum except blue, we see it as the color gold. Now, don't ask me to explain that. That's just, that's just the science. I can't explain the science. That is the science. Because gold absorbs blue and reflects all other colors. The blue molecule indigotin that is taken from the Murex snail, watch this now, this is the important piece, gets its color from an absorption rate of 613 nanometers. 
So we've got 613 laws. We've got a numerical value of 613 hanging in the hymn. And now the measurement of light that is bouncing off of the blue. Remember now, the blue, we see it. We see this particular color of blue. That blue is to remind us, oh, that's God's law. Now the measurement of light reflection coming off of that blue to give us that very specific color nature is measured at a measurement rate, at an absorption rate of 613. God does nothing by accident. God is a God of order. He's a God of design. I will not debate with you today whether he drew out the stars by hand and then snapped his finger and said, let it be done, or whether he just simply spoke the word. What I do know is that however he designed it, however he spoke it, however he demonstrated it, God did it. That's all I need to know today. There is a powerful nature and understanding this morning that God is a God of design. He's a God of purpose. And God doesn't put anybody on his church pew today without an interest in loving you, without an interest in healing you, without an interest in saving you because God doesn't do anything by accident. Oh, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. No wonder God needed this little murex snail. And he needed somebody to snap the shell off of his back and extract some blue to give a very specific color so that his people could remember when I see that hymn hanging off of the shawl that God's word and God's principles and God's laws are still alive for me today. <laughs> so now, <coughs> excuse me, now we come back to New Testament. We've got the woman with the issue of blood. She knew what to touch. I, I, don't know, I don't know how she knew it. If it were me, I'd be more interested in explaining to him what my problem was, probably. You know, I, I want to make sure he understood. He, he already knows. I, I, I think I talk too much sometimes. He just wants to shut up, Mason, let me do something, right? She, she, didn't, she didn't have an interest in explaining her story. All she wanted to do was somehow slip through the crowd and get a hold of that hymn. I get, I get an image in my mind. I really do. And, and, and I, I know I, I, I can, I can, I'm out there sometimes and you just have to forgive me. But I get an image in my mind, Brother Malone, that she just barely grazed that hymn. Why, why do you think? I think that because that's just how much power I believe he has. I don't think she had to touch it and pull on it. Because the Bible even declares, and I'm probably getting ahead of myself, but the Bible even declares that he knew that virtue was come out of his body. That's how he knew he had been touched. He didn't feel the tug. It wasn't a tug of war. Oh, hallelujah. 
It wasn't a tug of war on his clothing. I get this image in my mind. This isn't the Bible. This is Mason 101. But I get this image that she just barely barely grazed a finger against that hymn. And somehow the virtue of God emptied out of his Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something this morning. When God, when God touches you, there's no denying what happened. When God touches you, there's no denying that somewhere in the supernatural, his hand reached down. There's no denying. No denying. She knew what to touch. She said, if I may touch but his clothes. Matthew called it the hymn. She declared, it was a declarative statement, she said, I shall be whole. Look at your neighbor this morning and say, whole, whole, <coughs> whole. And this statement comes from the Greek word, sozo. I don't know if I pronounced that right or not. I don't speak Greek, but we're going to go with it. Which means to save, deliver, protect, preserve. I'd like to be whole that way. Right? I mean, I'd like to be whole that way this morning. Save, deliver, protected, and preserved. I'll take sozo any day of the week and seven times on Sunday. God let it rain. In verse number 34, Jesus says, this is verse 34 of our scripture reading today. Jesus says, daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Sozo. Whole. I'm stressing that because we're going to get to the difference here in a moment. Thy faith has made thee saved, delivered, protected, and preserved. Go in peace. This is Jesus speaking. Go in peace. Be whole of thy plague. This plague that she's had for 12 years that continues to get worse. But when Jesus says go in peace and be whole, he uses the word whole two times in this statement. Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Sozo. Go in peace and be whole. Different Greek word. Translated in English as the same word. Let's peel the layers of the onion back just a little bit this morning. The second word in the English whole translated in Greek is hugies. Again, I don't know if I said it right, but we're going to go with it. Of thy plague. Now it takes on a brand new meaning. When Jesus said, thy faith hath made thee whole. Sozo, her faith has saved and delivered, protected, and preserved her. But now, he says, be whole of thy plague. Before this statement was made, she was already delivered. She's already healed. He says, daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. She's already healed. The issue of blood's dried up. It's gone. Everything's physically 
Physically, she is in good shape. Physically, she's in the best shape she's been in for the last 12 years. But now, he continues. See, Jesus just doesn't leave you there. Now he continues to say, go in peace and be whole. We're going to get there. The context of the word now takes on a new meaning. In the Greek, hugies means to be healthy. Check. Well in body. Check. And... This is good. Look at your neighbor this morning. Tell them this is good. And sound and true in doctrine. Somebody shout, that's power. When she touched the hem of his garment, she received more than just her physical healing. God's not interested in just healing your body. He wants to heal body, mind, soul, spirit. He's not going to leave you where you're at. The majority, if not every place in Scripture where Jesus conducted a mass healing, it was followed by him delivering the word. Because it's the word of God that is forever settled in heaven. I thank God for his healing virtue. I thank God for his healing power. I thank God for his hymn. His H-E-M, his hymn. I'm so thankful for that today, but more than that, I'm thankful that he doesn't just heal us and leave us to meander around and wonder what just happened. He gives us word. He gives us doctrine. He gives us truth. The healing draws me in. His word is what saves me. Because if he heals my body and I'm not saved, it's only going to last while this flesh is walking this earth. But when he heals my body and he heals my soul and he saves me, he gives me a prize for eternity. So when she touched his hem, she got a whole lot more than what she bargained for. She received something physical. She received something spiritual. She received something that would carry her on her roughest day. She received something that would make her life whole in every sense of the word. Somebody say amen today. Turning now to Acts chapter 4 and verse number 9. We're going to look at whole just a little bit more. If we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man by what means he is made whole, sozo, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand before you whole, hugies, Initially, he's healed in his physical man, but he's standing before them healed and sound and true in doctrine. He continues to say, This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. A scripture that we often quote, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. 
Watch this now. We've got whole sozo, verse 9. Verse 10, we've got whole hugies, healed, healthy, in sound doctrine. And then in verse 12, which we often quote, we've got saved. That also is derived from the Greek word sozo, telling us that his name is the name by which we can be saved, delivered, protected, and preserved. When I need a miracle, I call on the name of Jesus because it's his name by which I am saved, delivered, and protected. <coughs> Somebody shout amen. There's power in the hymn. There's power in the hymn. Sometimes in life we feel like we're hanging by a thread. Nothing goes right. <clears throat> Sometimes there's so much that goes wrong, it feels like an art. If you want it to go wrong, just ask me. I'll make it wrong for you. Just barely hanging on. You know, sometimes we hear somebody say that. Sometimes our response is, well, tie a knot in the end of the rope and hang on. I, I believe in that. Hanging by a thread is a common English phrase that usually denotes that something's about ready to fall apart. What happens when you pull that hem? Everything starts to unravel. <coughs> and it's never in an inconspicuous place. It's always obvious. Why is that? I pull a hem on my tie, and it looks like I've got two ties. Just should pull it, I guess. Sometimes we feel like we're hanging by the thread. I'm hanging on by dear life because nothing's right, nothing's wrong. I'm not sure if God hears me. I, 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 just, I just don't really understand the purpose anymore. If you're here today and you feel like you're simply hanging by a thread, Perhaps life hasn't been kind. Situations and circumstances take their toll. Mental anguish, stress, and anxiety have taken their toll. I feel like you can barely hang on. Let me, let, me, let me explain something to you this morning. If you're hanging by a thread today, you're hanging on to the right thing. Because that thread, that hymn, that hymn is where the power is at. That hymn is where the power of his name is at. That's where I can be saved, delivered, and protected. That's where I can be found safe, healthy, and sound doctrine. <coughs> Situation can change in a moment. If you look up the definition of the phrase hanging by a thread, it not only points to something that is ready to fall apart, but there's an alternative definition that states that the situation can change in an instant. I believe that today. So if you're hanging this morning, hang, hang on. Keep hanging. We live in an hour today where that our adversary would want nothing more than for us to walk away from God, 
for us to quit, for us to stop hanging by a thread, for us to just walk away and say, you know what, I, I've, I've, I've did all that I'm ready to do. I'm, I'm, I'm just done because nothing seems to be working out for me. If you base your entire existence with God based on getting all of your prayers answered the way that you want them to, then you are going to live in continual frustration. I'm not here this morning because I just need God to answer a prayer. I'm here this morning because I want to make heaven my home. I'm here today because he saved me from hell by forgiving me of my sin, baptizing me in his spirit. If he answers my prayers, I will thank him and continually give him praise, and I'll live in, I'll live in gratitude for that. But I'm not here today because I need him to answer a prayer. Don't, don't come to church just to get a prayer answered. You'll be frustrated because not every prayer gets answered the way I want it to. Now, I'll tell you, I believe every prayer gets answered. Sometimes when I think he's going to say yes, he just ignores me. That's a nice, silent, heavenly no. And I don't interpret it very well sometimes. I'm like, God, I didn't hear you say yes yet. <laughs> Where are you at? Uh, Lord, you haven't answered my prayer yet. Yeah, yeah, he has. Just keep holding to the hymn. That's where the power's at. That's where your safety's at. That's where your sanity's at. Today's world, the need and use for therapists has skyrocketed. And that's not a disparaging comment. Not, not, I have nothing against that. But the last two years of life globally has incited so much fear and anxiety in people. I talked with a pastor a week or so ago that still his congregation will not fellowship with each other because they are scared. Two minutes, count them, 120 seconds, he told me. Two minutes after dismissal, his entire building's empty. Because of fear. He wants to take everything that's normal away from us. Let me tell you, the devil don't have that much power. We, don't need, we need to stop giving him that much power. The small piece of fabric in your life that you're holding on to today. Just keep swinging. Just keep holding. Just keep smiling. It's going to be all right. I don't know what the answer is. But I know he has it. Because it can all change in a moment. Would you stand with me this morning? <coughs> Ladies and gentlemen, there's power in the hymn today. There is so much power in the name of Jesus. Could you lift your hands and just worship him a little bit this morning? There is so much power in his name today. The Bible tells us that he can speak under yonder mountain, be thou removed, be cast into the sea. God hasn't changed. God hasn't changed. He still is powerful today. He can heal cancer the same as he heals a headache. There's nothing too big for him. There's nothing too big for him. He made it all to begin with, so there's certainly nothing too big for him. Keep hanging on to the thread today. But when you get your healing, 
We've seen this in this church a couple of times. We have seen, some of, some of you will know the reference in which I speak this morning. We have seen people come to this church deathly sick and have a death sentence on their life. Come up for prayer and God miraculously healed them. I'm thinking of about two or three situations that's happened over the years right now in my mind. And as soon as God healed them, they never once came back to his house. Ever. We live in a society today that only wants his physical touch. I I challenge you today and encourage you today, don't just seek God for his physical touch. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. We need to be getting into the presence of God and seeking Him for His will and for His purpose. Honestly, it may not be God's will to heal me or to deliver me from whatever it is. He even told the Apostle Paul, My grace is sufficient for you. But regardless of whether God does or does not do exactly what you are asking for, we need to go beyond just the the euphoria and the excitement of wanting a physical touch. We need to have our spirit right. I, I, again, and I, I I hope I'm not being misunderstood this morning. God is God. He's all powerful. He has power to heal. We believe in laying on of hands and healing. We, I, I, we, I believe that God can heal you without our hands. Right? You, you don't need our hands to touch you. You need God to speak to you. And there's examples in Scripture where he sent the word. And they were healed. Right? So we believe that his, his name is so powerful that yes, he can heal. What I'm trying to say this morning is... Don't just seek him for his physical healing. Seek him for your soul's sake. Because we need to be, we need to be living today sound in doctrine and in truth. Two types of whole that Jesus spoke of. We, we want the first one. Touch me physically. Protect me. Save me. Some people walk away from him when it gets to the second one. Sound doctrine and truth. I'm telling First Apostolic Church this morning, let's not walk away from sound doctrine and truth just to get a physical touch. There are places that you can get... Lord have mercy. There are places that you can go to today and you can have them pray for you and you can get healed. Not because of them, but because they invoke the name of Jesus. But they never get to the last half of that story. They never get to sound doctrine and truth. And what I'm challenging us today is, let's go beyond just the physical. Because we've got physical needs represented in this house today. From this pulpit to that back door. But let's not just get involved in our worship with God and our lifestyle with God on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night just to have a surface relationship. I want to be sound in doctrine and truth. 
I need a relationship with God on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I don't want to just have a service relationship where I show up, I check in, and I clock in, and oh God, I came to church today. I need doctrine, I need truth, I need lifestyle. I need God to be my God every single day of the week, everywhere I'm at. I'm so thankful for the power in his name. Let's lift our hands one more time. Thank you for his word this morning. Mighty God, we're so thankful for you today. We're thankful for your word that is anointed today. We're thankful, God, for this people that are here. Pray, oh God, that you would minister to our minds and our souls. Draw us closer to you, closer to your word, your spirit, your power, your love, and your grace. Oh, Jesus, we magnify you today. We're eternally grateful to you today for all of your loving kindness and your tender mercy. In the name of Jesus, somebody shout amen. amen. Once again this morning, as, as we're closing, only one service today. I don't think we mentioned that yet this morning, although we did mention it Wednesday. Uh, one service today, and if we mentioned it, I, I missed it. But thank you for being here today. We will be back here Wednesday night. Connect groups start Wednesday night. Uh, please make sure you look at the board, see where you are, where you are going. Sister Craig's on her way out the door this morning. We pray God's blessings go with her. We are so, so, so thankful that she was able to worship with us this morning. I can't remember how long it's been. I feel like it's not months. I feel like it's year, plural. Long, 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 long time, and we are so grateful for that, uh, for her worship online and her worship here. And we pray God's blessings and strength for her. Hasn't it been good to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. Turn to your neighbor this morning, look at him, smile till your teeth are dry, and tell him it's been good to be in church today. We walk by faith, not by sight. God bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.